I appreciate the Bible reading this morning. You've heard this story many, many times, uh, the 10 lepers. Jesus is traveling. He's going through, uh, getting near Samaria and Galilee. And as he's there, these 10 men come rushing to him. And they begin to, all the people around him begin to see that uh, they can't get close to you, Lord. These are lepers. Please get away. I'm sure there are people in that crowd that were doing the, the rabbinical law of holding their hand with palm out. Stay away. Unclean. Go away. Keep your distance. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the video series, The Chosen, but in The Chosen, there's the story of a man that's trying to sell his tools because he, he is now a leper, and he, he's just trying to make his way going to an, a region with a leper colony, and he's trying to sell, and when he li- gets ready to end the tool, there's a spot, and when the man wanting to buy the tools sees it, he, he takes a stick, and he pushes the man down on the ground, get away from me, and he even says, was it not bad enough? that you could just die. You had to take us all with you. You know, they were hated people. And here come 10 of them together in a group. Most people in that kind of condition, you would have known they were coming before you ever saw them because the stench, the odor alone would have told you that someone with leprosy is nearby. And they're coming to Jesus And I love this story, and I think it's one of the greatest stories for Thanksgiving that we can really look at. And I want to look at it a little bit differently. You know me. I love to take the Bible and and don't just go for, well, this is what it says. I like to look deeper than that and say, well, is there more to it? And I believe there is more to this story today. And I believe it relates to you and to me even today in our own lives. You know, I'd really love to meet this man. This one man who returns, I'd love to know him. I'd love to sit and talk with him a little bit. And some may say, that's crazy. He, he's a leper. Lepers were considered the, the outcast of society. They were like the walking corpses of their day. Uh, leprosy is mentioned dozens and dozens of times in the Bible from the Old Testament all the way through as the worst of the worst of the worst disease known to man. Even worse than COVID. It's funny, when we were watching this video with one of my classes, uh, one of the students, when they saw the man push the other man, the leper down, she said, maybe that's the way we ought to be with somebody that doesn't wear a mask. Get away! You know, know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Leprosy was a disease that was highly, highly contagious. If you were touched, you were probably going to now be a leper. You probably have inherited that now from the person who touched you. It began to rot away flesh and muscle and nerves. Lepers would begin to go blind. They would lose all of their senses. They would lose limbs, most starting with extremities and then into the face. And here are these men all wrapped up as well as they can be never been talked to, never been touched, coming to meet Jesus. And yet, I still really want to meet this guy. This guy, though, is even worse because the Bible says that this man is a Samaritan. Now, if you understand Bible history, you know that the Samaritans were a mongrel race of people. They were hated. 
the Jews hated Samaritans. Uh, I love when we see Jesus in the passage where he visits the woman at the well. And there's a verse before his, his conversation with her that says, and Jesus had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't have to. Matter of fact, Jews went out of their way so they wouldn't go through Samaria. We'll make our journey twice as long so we can avoid going anywhere near Samaritans. And yet it says, Jesus says, he had to go through Samaria because he had an appointment that day, you see, with a Samaritan woman. And here's this Samaritan. Most would say, you shouldn't want to meet him just because of his race, because of who he is. Not only does he have the most contagious disease on the planet, but now he is a man as a hated generation of people, a hated society. Why would you want to meet this man? And I really want to meet this man. Maybe by the time this message is over, you'll want to meet him too. Let's look at all 10 though. Let's start there. I believe that all 10 of these men share some commonalities. The first thing that they share is that they're all lepers. They're all dying. They've all at least lived together for some sense of time. They've all seen each other literally decaying over time, probably waking up one morning and realizing you're worse than you were before we went to bed. Maybe helping each other, encouraging one another, but they know there's nothing that I can say that's going to help you. Maybe I can just pray that you'll die quickly and this will all be over. So they're all lepers. They have that in common. The second thing they have in common is that they all seek out Jesus. All 10, for some reason, seek out the Lord. Maybe they've heard, hey, did you hear about this guy that they were in this little room in this house and, and there was a crippled man. He'd been crippled from birth and his friends, which I think were probably four young people because young people, they don't care about tearing a roof off. They just want to get their friends to Jesus. And so they tear the roof off of this house and they lower this man to Jesus. And before you know it, this man is up on his feet. He's walking around and giving praise to God. Maybe they had heard that story. Maybe they had heard the story of a blind man who had been born that way and Jesus healed him. Maybe they had heard about other miracles that Jesus had performed. Maybe they even heard about the, the wedding and how Jesus could take water and turn it into wine. Maybe, just maybe, he can do something for me. Maybe he can touch us and make us well. And so 10 of these men, maybe out of hundreds, maybe even out of thousands of people that are living together in this colony of lepers decide, let's go find him. Let's go meet Jesus. Let's go see if he can do something for us. And so these 10 men all seek out Jesus with determination, all that you and I would have the kind of determination that these men had. Or the kind of determination that you find all through the Bible. The kind of determination like Isaiah, who in a faithless generation still stands up and preaches about the Messiah that is to come. The determination like Daniel that says, I will not bow and I will continue to pray to the one true God even if I face the lions. The kind of determination like the shepherds that knew when the Christ child was born, they were willing to leave their own flocks, their own livelihood to get to see 
the birth of Jesus Christ. Or the apostles who leave everything they have, their families, their homes, their jobs, just to follow Jesus. Or a centurion who came looking for Jesus, who would heal his servant. Or the Bible just calls this in a certain man who came looking for Jesus to heal his son. Man, would we have that kind of determination to seek Jesus. And these 10 men had that kind of determination. Well, they all have a determination to live. They're lepers. They all seek Jesus, and they all want to live. They all have a desire to be better. They haven't given up yet. They still see there could be a hope. There is still something or someone that might be able to deliver us from this living hell that we are in. And so they still have a desire to live. Another commonality they have is that they all obey the words of God, the words of Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny that the, the Bible in the Old Testament gives us the law. And in that law, um, and actually we find Moses, his, his very own sister, Miriam, becomes one of these that has to live by this rule. And it says, you know, if anyone has a blemish on them of some kind, you know, some kind of spot or something, they are to be taken out of the camp and quarantined. Uh, last year when we got quarantined, we did online chapels, and that was my first message. You know, don't lose hope. This is nothing new. People have been quarantined even in the Bible. And so, you know, the Bible, the law said, take this person, move, remove them from the camp, wait so many days, then bring them back and let the priest inspect them. If it's clear, they can return. If not, they go for another 10 days. And, and there was a, a, a night. And then it says, if they've come back, finally, they're completely clean. Then they come to the priest and they make an offering, an offering for their healing. And the, the, it's not for the priest. It's an offering unto God. And the priests take that and offer it to God on their behalf, thanking God for that healing that has taken place. Do you notice that in this story, Jesus gives the command to the lepers before the healing has taken place? And the Old Testament law was, if you're healed, then you go to the priest. But Jesus has not healed them yet. He says, go to the priest and give the offering, and they obey. They just do it. They don't question it. They have faith to believe he's going to do something. Don't ever tell me that you've got faith and you're not willing to be obedient to the Lord. You can't do one without the other. You can't be a man or a woman, a student of faith and not be obedient. You just can't do it. So if you say, I have great faith in God, then obey. Then be obedient to the word of God. Be obedient to the leading of the spirit in your life. Because if you're not obedient, I really question, how is your faith? These men showed and proved that they had great faith because they obeyed even though the healing had not happened. The Bible tells us it's after they leave. They're on their way. They look down and realize, wait a minute. I can feel the road under my feet. You know, I stepped on a rock and it kind of hurt. I've not felt that in years. And they began to examine each other and realized, 
I'm not a leper anymore. I've been healed. They were all healed. That's their final thing that they have in common. Five things. They're all lepers. They want to live. They sought Jesus. They obeyed. And they were healed. But one man. One man stops what he's doing. And he returns. Even Jesus has to question. Were there not ten? Where are the other nine? Is it only this foreigner who would come? And say thank you and praise for what I've done. And I think there are probably reasons in our lives that we're not grateful. You and I do the same thing. You know, we, we know that we should be thankful, that we should be grateful. And so there, there are reasons that, that we probably have that, you know, we, we know that, well, we just do. We shouldn't, but we do. One would be this. They already know I'm thankful. You ever thought that? Oh, they, they know that I'm, I'm thankful for this. You know, somebody gives you something or does something. They, they know. I, my very first youth ministry job, right after college, I was raising money. Um, our church did a, a youth, uh, international youth convention. About 5,000 youth would show up in some city and just basically overtake it. And that year, it was going to be in San Antonio, Texas. We were in a really small church. We had a small youth group, but um, I had no youth budget. And so I had to just raise every penny to get those youth there. We had to rent a van. I mean, we had nothing. We got them there. And um, I remember, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel bad about this. This is my confession. Um, I was young, inexperienced. But my, um, a lady in my church, her daughter and son-in-law, they attended another church. But they wanted to really support our youth ministry. And so they wrote me a check for $500. And that, was, that reached my goal. That was like the last donation I needed to reach my goal. I was so excited. I forgot all about even sending a note to say thank you. I didn't even think about it. I didn't call. We didn't have email then. Nothing. Shame on me. And I remember right before we were getting ready to go on the trip, we were going through making sure, you know, yeah, we got this donation and this donation and this donation. And their name came across. And one of the ladies that helped out with the youth fellowship and her husband, she said, you know, I don't think we sent them a card. And I remember saying, oh, I know that they know. I mean, they know we're grateful and thankful. You've been there too, right? You've done it. Do you think that these other nine were like, he's God. He knows we're thankful. Come on. He already knows. That's probably one reason they didn't return. Another reason that they probably didn't return is they, they just were thinking so much about the gift that they totally forgot about the giver. Now, we all did this probably as kids. You know, you get something, you've really wanted it, you're gone. You know, forget about thanking grandma or grandpa or mom or dad. You, you got you what you wanted. You're going to play with it, right? I'm sure that they were so overwhelmed with the fact that they had been healed and cleansed that they forgot all about Jesus. 
And why wouldn't they? I haven't touched my spouse in this many years. I haven't hugged my children. I'm going home. I've got to see my family. And we would probably be very much the same way. And we would forget all about the fact that, wait a minute, what about the guy that did this for me? No, we're too busy wanting to praise. And and we would even rationalize it. I want to praise him and showing my family what happened. (laughs) But one man returned. Another reason that we probably don't, and, and I'm ashamed, I'm sure I've done this before, maybe you have too, is that sometimes we've wanted something for so long, even prayed about something for so long, that then when it actually finally happens, we get to this point where we say, well, it, it was bound to happen anyway. It's like the man, <laughs> this is the typical prayer in America, by the way. Man and his wife, they go home. He, he's getting ready to watch the big game on TV. Got himself in his recliner, got his iced tea, his potato chips ready, sets back. And his wife's in the kitchen. She's fixing their lunch. And she said, honey, I need whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Can you run to Walmart real quick? Honey, the game's getting ready to start. I I just, I've got to have this. I can't prepare lunch unless you go get it. So he gets in the car, and this is the typical American prayer. All the way to Walmart, he's praying, Lord, if you'll just help me find a spot right up front. Just let me drive in there, just get a spot right up front. And Lord, if, if somebody could have maybe just left what I need toward the front of the store, that I can just grab it out of their cart and, and get it out of there quick. Lord, please, I, I'm just asking. And so he gets there and realizes there's not a spot in the front. So he makes a circle, and the whole time he's making a circle, Lord, if you'll make a spot up here in the front for me, Lord, I'll go to church every Sunday. You know, I, I'll go every Sunday. My wife won't ever have to beg me to get there. I'll be in church every single week. No spot. So he makes another. Lord, I'll go to Sunday school. You know, I, I'll, I'll, you know, do whatever. Um, just give me a spot. Third time around. Lord, I will be a missionary to Africa. <laughs> if you would just find me a spot. And just about that time, Somebody pulls out of the very first spot, and he says, oh, never mind, Lord, I found one. <laughs> Typical prayer, right? I mean, it's bound to happen anyway. I mean, it was just, it's not a blessing from God. It was just a blessing of life. You know, I mean, it was just, it was going to happen. Maybe that's what they thought. We are very, very much like that. So why would I want to meet a guy? who's from a mongrel race of people that are hated, who has the worst disease known on the face of the planet at that time that is highly contagious because he's just like me and he's just like you. You and I have a horrible, deadly, awful, ugly disease called sin. And leprosy is nothing compared to what sin looks like through the eyes of God. It's the worst. Paul said, and I think Paul tried to describe it, he says it's filthy rags. That's what we look like in our sin when we come to God. We have it. All of us have it. Just like that man had leprosy, every one of us 
have sinned in our lives. The Bible tells us every one of us have sinned. Every one of us are guilty. We all deal with it, just like leprosy. All form of human contact, they've lost it. And we've lost all form of earthly to heaven contact because of the sin in our lives. But just the fact that we are here today, or maybe even listening to this service later, proves that we're just like this man and that we're going to seek out Jesus. There's a reason that we're here. There's a reason that we pray. There's a reason we are in our word. It's more than just because that's what we do on Sundays. We are here to seek Jesus Christ. We are here to come and be in the presence of the Lord. And I understand you, you can be with Jesus and should be in the presence of the Lord all the time. I've had this argument with so many people. Oh, I just don't agree with the, the institution of church anymore. I can have church at home on my Sunday mornings. You can and you should. You can do all those things. One of my favorite preachers says, don't ever tell me that you don't need the church because you can't say, I love Jesus Christ and not love his church. You can't do it. Because if you love Jesus, you'll love his church. We've sought Jesus out. Our very presence here says, I am seeking Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need his touch because I can't do anything about my sin. And just like those 10, he heals. I've said this many times. This is another one of those. I shared this with you in a message. Another one of those times I was preaching and I came up with one of those quotes that you know, that's not me. You know, there's a lot of prayers that we pray in our life. A lot of times God says, you know, that you've probably even heard the sermon, God answers prayer in three ways. Yes, no, wait. I, I believe there's a fourth. There's yes, there's no, there's wait, and there's are you out of your mind? You know, I mean, I think God looks at us like that sometimes. But there is one prayer that God always answers the same and he always answers it, answers it immediately. Will you forgive me? Yes, when I already have. He is willing to heal us of our disease of sin if we would just ask. Oh, that we would be like these lepers who are willing to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. And that we would come before him. And no matter what he tells us to do, we would be obedient because we want to live, not just now, we want to live abundantly now and for eternity with our Lord. And that we would seek him out because we want that life and we would be obedient to repent of our sins and then he is faithful. Will you forgive me? Yes. When I have forgiven you. It was really a day like any other day. Not much is going on. I've been working out in the field a little bit. 
hot day. My right arm had been bothering me a little bit and noticed that sometimes my fingers would tingle and really didn't pay much attention to it. But this day was different. You see, this day, I went to wash my tools. And as I was washing them, everything seemed fine. And I just started drying my hands off. And that's when I noticed it. When, when did I cut my hand? I never even felt it. As I began to look, the cut was pretty deep. There was a lot of blood. When did that happen? And as I began to look, I saw some spots. I heard a voice behind me. It was a familiar voice. It was my wife. She said, do you want me to go with you to the priest? I couldn't look at her. No, I'll go alone. And she came and touched the good shoulder. That was five years ago. It was the last time I was touched. You see, what you take for granted, I beg for. Somebody to just shake my hand. My child to just run and give me a hug. Just to be in a crowd of people and bump shoulders with somebody. But see, five years ago on that day, I stood before the priest. I could only come so close to him because of the law. When he saw me, he held out his hand. He said, stop. And he would turn his head away, unclean. And I walked away. Knowing that my life would change forever. Lived by myself for a while until things started getting worse. Finally, I found a colony. I started living there. The odor was unreal. I actually gave thanks to God when I lost my sense of smell. Began to lose my toes. Lost an ear. I was okay. My buddy, he lost his nose. We were all dying. Rotting away. And then one day, there was this guy. He was just walking right through our, our camp. And he was telling all of us, you see my legs? I was born lame. I couldn't even walk. I was in a bed my whole life. And four of my friends carried me to the rooftop and they lowered me down. And there was this man named Jesus. And all he said was, get up. Man, I don't walk anywhere now. I run everywhere I go. I never sat down. I've been sitting down my whole life. And everywhere I go and every person I see, I got to tell them what happened. And then I thought, maybe, maybe he could do that for me. 
I heard he was kind of come through that town one day, and I thought, well, maybe I can get, get there. And I wondered, how can I get through the crowd without someone stopping me first? But then I realized, I don't care. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to get to Jesus. And the day came. I couldn't sleep at all the night before. And I got up and I left that colony and I went into that town. And there were people who tried to stop me, but nothing was going to stop me. And then I got on that road right in front of him. And I just looked at him and I said, if you are willing, heal me. I think he really knew what I was thinking more than what I was saying because what I was thinking was this. I'm not getting up from this road. You either heal me or you kill me. I'm not going to live this way anymore. That's what I was thinking. I had heard that other people had been healed just by a command. Heard about this kid that was living in a cemetery. Jesus just made a command and demons left. But you see, he did more than that for me. He just looked at me and he said, I am willing. But then he did more. You see, he got down in front of me on his knees and he embraced me. Five years, no one had touched me. But he touched me. He wrestled around on the ground with me. Laughed with me. And then he just said, go. Go and take the offering to the priest. Show him you have been healed. Maybe you and I need to go to that road. We've been living in our sin colony way too long. We've been hiding something that we think no one else knows about. It's killing us. We're spiritually rotting away. I refuse to be like every other leper in that colony. Nothing's going to stop me. I want to bow before my Lord and say, Lord, I am a sinner. Will you save me from my sin? And his answer, yes. When, Lord, will this happen? I did so on the cross. It's been done. And then I refuse to be like the other nine. Oh, there's a lot of people I can't wait to tell. There's a lot of people I want them to know. I've been cleansed. I've been made new. But I've got to tell my Lord, thank you. I've got to tell Jesus, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for forgiving me. This year. You're going to be prompted to be saying thank you for everything under the sun. 
Now, let's not fail to thank the son. You're going to be prompted to say thank you and, and for everything on this earth. Let's not fail to thank the creator of the earth. You're going to be prompted to thank the Lord for the food that's been put in front of you. Don't fail to thank the bread of life for what he has done. Will you be like the other nine? Or will you be that one who just praises the Lord for what he has done? Lord Jesus, today we come as sinners who need to be saved by your grace. And Lord, I pray today that we might repent and receive your forgiveness. Let nothing stand in our way. And let us be forgiven by what you've already accomplished on the cross. And then let us be like that one who was a hated individual just by his birthright. Let us stand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done in saving me from my sin. Thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, today, again, we come to give thanks to you. We come to praise you. Lord, we just stop what we're doing right now. Maybe just each one of us, in your own voice, whether it be out loud, whether it be silently, give your prayer to the Lord, thanking him. Just now, do it. Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for saving me. Lord, thank you. Amen. Lord, as we go from this place, we have so much. You've given us so much. So many times we take it for granted. So many times we think, oh, you already know how thankful we are. So many times we think, well, it was bound to happen sooner or later anyway. No. No, let us be that one who returns to say, thank you, Jesus for healing me of my impurity, my uncleanliness, my leprosy of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for these that need a touch from you physically today. Many names. Every person in here knows of someone who really needs a physical touch from the Lord, even today. Lord, we just pray that you would be a healer. Lord, there are those who need provision. Be our provider. Guide us, direct us in the way you would have us to go. And Lord, bring us back again that we can praise you more. I'm so excited about what's coming, Christmas, the coming of Jesus. And Lord, we just pray you would prepare us even now as even those wise men traveled and those shepherds anticipated what they would see in that stable. Let us begin to anticipate what's coming. Lord, again, we love you. We thank you for your love to us and for the Holy Spirit that gives us a love for one another. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless all of you.